the world's ending, and Steve Buscemi is the only person who can save it, along with Michael Clark Duncan, Luke Wilson's brother, the Santa from Home Alone, Matt Damon's friend, and introducing Bruce Willis. These six sexy drillers have to penetrate the pussy-ass asteroid in order to save mankind. Mankind, huh? Those words have a new meaning if these alphas don't come on the asteroid in time to make it quiver and then explode. Also, the chick from aerospace is in this. Drill hard, you stallions. Guys, let's talk about Armageddon. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. Who's out of bullets? All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A hey, lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. We are coming to you live from a previously recorded edition that you're listening to at a later date, <laughs> live from San Diego, California, and a special edition of Five Guys Flicking Around. Ow! That's right. Yep, yep. Special edition today because we are joined by award-winning uh, listener Matt Bailey, That's graciously right. donated $69,000 to our fund, uh, the GoFundMe fund for funding funding us That's and the great. fun fund, yep. and uh uh, happy hey, to have you aboard, yeah, Matt. No, worth every penny. <laughs> we uh, really appreciate lo- the long donation. time listener. <laughs> Definitely long time listener. Great. Can and we get a Can we get a Mark Wahlberg uh, fear pound for for Matt right now? Uh, no, we can't actually. We're just gonna keep going. Um, uh, oh, like, whoops! Up, oh, man. up, up. Guys, stop! Ow, ow, you guys stop are a me. lot more charming <laughs> in person. You guys, you guys are really pretty. <laughs> That's great. Wait, you get chills? Yeah. Also, I got the full disclosure: we are all completely um, nude right now. For all the listeners who aren't actually here. And uh, experiencing what I'm experiencing, I'm actually next to Kyle. Yeah, uh, we're sharing a microphone, oh, and I'm excited. thank you, thank you, here. thank you for being thank here. Thank you for almost seventy grand, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. very generous of you, man. No, that loan was like totally worth it. We're here today uh, to talk about what other movie would you talk about in San Diego? We're going to talk about Armageddon, of course, well, obviously, <laughs> typical. <laughs> so, why don't we get this started, Ryan Pollard? You suggested this movie. Why don't you get things going with first impressions? I did, and. Um, this has been on my list uh, for since we started this podcast. This has been really at the top of my list because it's absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen this movie so many times that I hardly had to watch it this week at all in preparation for this pod. Just I don't think you did. I felt the same <laughs> I way. Think, I feel like it's your favorite movie. For different movie. reasons. It's your favorite movie. Yeah, We're Kyle, all going to watch it, and you're like, I don't feel like watching it. No, no I have, I'm so... like. Kyle didn't even watch it at all just because he didn't watch it. But no, because I've seen it so many times. Though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We'll see. I was excited for you guys to watch it. Um, it was always just a movie that was on on TV growing up. 
that I could come in and jump in on at any scene and just finish the movie. There were um, iconic, just memorable moments for me throughout the whole film. And they're connected so well that it just flows for me. I am I understand that you guys are gonna come to the table in this podcast with like this movie's way too long and like I'm expecting awesome. that argument. But for me it flows so well and it's so entertaining that I enjoy it every time and I'll watch it a thousand more times. Can I jump in? Of course. Uh not that long. Like honestly the perfect amount of time. No, so love the movie. I'm glad to hear what your guys' thoughts are on it too. Wait, before we go on, uh, okay. where does this rank in your like list of like favorite movies? Is it in like oh, the top 20? Above, or? above oh. Roadhouse or below Roadhouse? Way above Roadhouse. Roadhouse Holy shit. No, Roadhouse is like a great cult classic, like fun thing. Yeah. Um, is Roadhouse in like your like top favorite movies ever? Any of you? Yes. It's in, 100%. Your, it's in your top five top, or top ten? Top ten, probably. Probably wow. top ten, for top sure. 10. Wow. Yeah. Armageddon. Like number ten. <laughs> Armageddon for, for me is <laughs> is top five. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. My top top ten NASA movie for it's me. It's just a perfect movie for me. It hits <laughs> it hits oh every note that Sci- I want. Scientifically spot on, just hits everything well, perfect. I appreciate you saying it's a perfect movie for you. It's it does what it sets out to do, which is blow shit up. Right? It's just yeah, top five perfect. Michael Bay films for sure. When, when Charlton the Heston's Island. voice starts, Transformers three, and you see the Armageddon title come up, and like the title of the movie explodes in your face, you're like, this, yeah. I'm so ready and for it's, this. It's great because like voiceover. the voiceover starts, and it's like in the beginning of time, and you're like, holy shit, this is gonna be a weighty movie, right. and just like the dinosaurs. So. So the Brandon came and destroyed them. Yes. D- tell me more. What was your first impressions of this? Uh, so this is very similar to you. Like I saw this when I was a kid, but I've never, I hadn't seen the movie all the way through until today. So like as a kid, I'd be watching TBS or TNT or whatever it is. And like, same thing. You can catch Armageddon whenever, like any point that it's on, you can go like, okay, cool. I can watch this from like here on out. Or I can catch like 10 minutes and there'll be like a fun explosive scene because it's perfect yeah like there'll be some there'll be some fun scene no matter what time you decide to like tune into the movie anywhere in its two hour and 30 minute and some change running time you like can find a fun scene 231 all right god all right fine 231 i'll submit i'll submit but it's uh calculated i wouldn't say it's my i wouldn't say it's like in my top anything it's a it's like a it's a dumb action movie, which I like dumb action movies. A perfect dumb action movie. Uh, so if it's going to be dumb... But what's dumb about it? Uh, do we need to go into specifics? Do you think uh, this is better or worse than Bad Boys 1? So mm. much worse. It's it's what? worse than... It's better than Bad Boys 1, worse what? than Bad Boys 2. I knew I would trick you, yeah, trick yeah, you yeah, up because yeah. you love no, Bad Boys 2. I love Bad Boys 2 <laughs> so much. Um, so, like, overall, dumb action movie. It's like... I like my dumb action movies a little bit like more condensed, so the two hour and thirty one minute running time got to me a little bit. Where it's just again Accurate. like an, an hour in, I was just like, they need to get on the asteroid already. Um, but like lots of fun scenes, scientifically inaccurate, so that kind of bugs me. But like I, had, I still had a good time. Like okay, let me interject again. But the like when I say it's perfect for me, and obviously yeah. there's. Plenty of things that we're going to pick apart about this movie, but it's like clearly displayed if you just look it up on Rotten Tomatoes because this, the rating is 38%. That sounds accurate. But the audience score is 73%. Yep. Yep. 
My first impressions, uh, this is my first time seeing the movie, um, and I really enjoyed Hey-o. it. It really made me miss the 90s blockbuster action movies um, that were so prevalent, it felt like, um, and this was right on brand with all that. Um, the ensemble cast, the just big stakes, the, the dated CGI. Uh, I loved it. It was long, but it also flowed well. And like, there's probably only a little bit that you would trim that was like, kind of boring and stagnant. But um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I loved it. Yeah, kind of going on what you said with like the '90s blockbusters. I feel like Michael Bay gets a lot of shit, but his like practical effects are really cool. Right. Like, there's right. a lot of times where he's like exploding something or like flipping yeah. a car over. And yeah. He, like, like really, those does taxis that. are like blowing up. Oh like, yeah. Like it's yeah, not yeah. CGI. Right. Like, that that feels '90s. Like a yeah, yeah, '90s. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the ensemble cast. Like we have Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck. Never heard of him. Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan. Like, should I keep going? The only one who didn't yeah, win the Oscar is Bruce Willis. Will Patton, <laughs> Keith David. Yes! Come on. Of Roadhouse? Right. Of Roadhouse fame, yeah. He exactly. was in Roadhouse. Roadhouse is Keith David. We've talked about Roadhouse a lot on this Armageddon pod. Yeah. Matt, first impressions. Uh, first impression, I, I guess I had a first impression when I was like 11 or 12 when this came out. Loved it. Thought it was great. Hadn't seen it since then. So on my flight into sunny San Diego for this you know, VIP package that I won... Um, yeah. We also flew you out, but you paid for the flight. No, I paid for everything. Yeah, I actually paid for this Airbnb that we're into. So, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, really appreciate sure. it. Uh, I was uninterrupted on a flight. Haven't honestly watched a movie in a while, so like everything about it was awesome. Like I don't want to piggyback on on Pollard, like, but this was a perfect movie for perfect. me. Perfect. And uh, no, it was great. It was like action. The cast is great. It moves fast. Like you guys, like again, I don't think it was long because. There's always something like a comedy of errors, right? Something is happening nonstop. Like it didn't slow down. The slowest part is like maybe the first half. And then no, half not half even half the, 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 the first. The first beginning is like literally him with like a shotgun trying to kill. Yeah. Like eight, like it's like it's quick from the beginning, right? The first scene is like yeah. the world blowing up. There's like, fireballs coming literally from like the New sky York, all like around the world. It's, like, um, it's fast. They, from they the beginning. drop the heavy like the world's gonna end on you like. Pretty yeah, early. it's a quick and oh, then like and the then first scene. Yeah, and then they sure. give you a time clock where they're like, literally, we're gonna die in like what eighteen days, yeah. and it's like, okay, let's go. And there's not like this great. stretch for like, how do we make an ending of this movie like feel like something super serious? Like the plot point is like the destruction of the entire world as we know it. Right. Yeah, couldn't be higher stakes. Everything's on the table. Yeah. So, all in all, loved it. Would watch it again. Kyle, what do you got? But my real first impression is I've never seen this movie. Kind of half-watched it today. Kind of half-watched it yesterday. I don't know the plot super well. But I'll say that I actually did enjoy it a lot. Uh, I think everything you guys are saying is true. And I actually think I like this movie. Um, but I just didn't spend enough time with it. You just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I just haven't seen <laughs> it yet. You, you like the idea. I like it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty sure I like it, though. But I do think, like, in my casual viewing of it, that it is just a little bit indulgent and long. But that's Michael Bay, and that's, like, to be expected. So I think it's a great film. I just wish the first half was, like, 15 minutes shorter and the second half was 15 okay, so, minutes shorter. So as like sort of a fringe supporter of the movie right now where you're not like completely in and you're not completely out, if you knowing what you know about the movie, what director would you pair with it 
to put it into a spot where you think it hits all those points that you're Well, we're for. doing space. We're doing action. Right. John Hughes. We're doing a big ensemble <laughs> cast. I want Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) If it's a two and a half hour Christopher Nolan movie, I'm in. If it's Christopher Nolan, though, like, is 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 the asteroid real or is it in their mind? Yeah. It's so so much more confusing. But it it starts at the end and goes backwards to the beginning. I mean, if you think about it, it's it's like almost completely the plot of Interstellar because, like, they also, like, mankind is about to end and they have to go and, like, save the world. Yeah. Joel, first impression. So this movie came out in 98, and I remember seeing it, you know, we were 10, 11, 12 years old. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it when it came out on DVD. And as a kid, I remember it not being this long because I was kind of mystified. Anything where, like, the world is ending, just, like, I'm all in. That's, like, the perfect age. You're 12. Like, whoa, like, how are they going to save the Earth? Like, oh, my gosh, astronauts are going to go up, do this and that. And... The, the same stuff I loved about it back then, I still love about it now. My favorite, definitely favorite part is just getting the ensemble together and like how these misfit guys are going to, you know, save the world and come together and help and do this. And they all have a role and can help in this way. Um, but then as an adult, that's also kind of my beef with the movie. Like, really? Like... In the whole world, you couldn't find better people to, to right. help than this. So just and like, overall, the plot is unbelievable. Well, and they like, had like two weeks. Yeah, they had these. They had. Days. They, they had, took one shot. They had one team of astronauts working on it before they found these driller guys. Shouldn't they have had like fifty astronauts in like ten different stations around the world, like trying to figure something out and working on? Actually, it? I just don't think so, that they knew like their plan was one day they're gonna have to drill a hole into an asteroid to save us. Right, all. and to be fair, like. They had guys training over eight months, I believe he mentions. But that was with the to, drill for Mars. Like that was you're to not do gonna, something different, though. Right, but you're not going to be. They didn't know there was an asteroid coming to destroy. You can't prepare for that. Okay, no, if, I'm with Joel. It's if, completely. If an alien right. invasion started today, we would call in every military person, every this. Wrong. They for sure had like, engineers equipped to they, handle these. They situations. should have called in every engineer, every astronaut on reserve, Dude, every person. USA, best of the best. We're not <laughs> fucking with second tier bullshit. No. <laughs> No, what, but, but, there USA. is no B team. But just, We're the A team. But just USA. to go on, just to go on USA. Joel's point, like, USA. how is it known that like this group of drillers is like the best? Like, drillers I want to know the who country? they called. Well, yeah. who they call? Like, what's the, the bar? What's the it's, difference? I'd argue like, they're not the best drillers. Like, unanimously, the they're like Harry. Harry yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. well, it's known. Yeah, the best. The way is the best, and he says, "I need my guys." The way I justify it. Hold on. The way I justify it is like they literally stole his drill. So like right. they knew this was this guy's drill. Right, He's the he designed best. the drill that He's they the were already using. Also, he best says I've never missed a mark. Right, you know, later years. in the movie. So yeah, like, and Billy yeah, Bob believes that? that. That's the fucking. And right there's there. not even <laughs> like a consensus over what <laughs> the <laughs> issue is between like the president's appointed like chief advisor people and the NASA chief advisor people like yeah, the they chain can, of command is kind of well, ambiguous well and the scientists can't even agree on like how to solve it like nobody knows what they're doing so the idea that they're gonna hire a bunch of drillers to go drill in an asteroid to save the world like obviously that's ridiculous but my point is like nobody knew what they were doing they gave it their best <clears throat> shot they got yeah. their ragtag team together 
Makes so, for a great movie. So I think you got, it sounds like we're all on board that Bruce Willis, who plays Harry, is a very smart guy. And you guys are like, yeah, they called him in. He's a good driller, it sounds like, right? He's supposed to be the best. Even he is shocked when they tell him what's happening. He says, come on, Na- you're supposed to be NASA. This is the best plan you got? For this sure. The- like, uh, even he is questioning them. Like, yeah, how the and that's hell an, that's an important not plot ha- point. Like, the world's going to die. Come on. Like, this is all you got? You pulled me off an oil rig and you're... Giving me like two weeks to go train, like, and that's on. what makes it so great because you're like, <laughs> sure, sure. but I think what he's well, what was happening is those guys were just doing that for a different mission, and then this just yeah. fell in their lap. They yep. weren't preparing for eight months for this, it's just like, oh, shit, we have a yeah. situation, yeah, you okay, yeah. okay, yeah, but, we but got a situation. But what's so good about it is like, it's an underdog story, like, exactly. these are underdogs about to save the world, exactly. Like, Kyle made that's a... what you want, so you, you're shaking your head because you're, I'm shaking my head because it's like. I can only suspend disbelief so much because this doesn't quite cross like the threshold into sci-fi territory. Even though it's in space. It's absolutely even sci-fi. Though it's in space, what? It's no, even though absolutely. it's in space, it's still very like grounded in like, this is what we'd really... It's more of a disaster movie, which is more realistic than a sci-fi I movie. I get it. I like. Kyle made a great case for Sandra Bullock on our podcast for speed about her being in the position as the driver of the bus sets the intensity up to a completely new level than if you have the bus driver driving the bus. Mm -hmm. So putting drillers on the spaceships to save the entire world is Sandra Bullock in the bus seat. It's a good good point. It put me more on the edge of my seat. I'm just saying like as a 12 year old, yeah, I was all in, but as a 30 year old, I'm like, dude, like, this is cool and all, but like, can we like get some like scientists and like trained astronauts? But, but how? This can't, how this can't fair like, enough. This can't be the initial plan. Also, fair fair stay tuned for Joel's that? interpretation as a fifty-year-old because we will get to that. <laughs> we'll do it later. I love it again. By the way, can I just say it's still kind of weird? Everyone's naked. It's a little odd. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting See, used to it. It's more normal now than when we started. I'm getting a little more normal. Yeah. Um, it was but, on your writer. But like, how? <laughs> you how, asked for it, man. How boring would that movie be though if it was? NASA, like a bunch of smart engineers. It would be Apollo 13. Yeah. It would be boring. That's yeah, lo- love Apollo. great. That's I love Apollo. Yeah, I say love Apollo. Give yeah. me Tom Hanks. I'm in. Yeah, Joel at 50 is like, I'm more of a Space Cowboys guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just would have liked those old dudes saving the world. Yeah, 30? Not so much. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I loved Billy Bomb Thornton as the like chief guy. How he was just able to like keep his calm and be like, yo. This is what's happening. The world's going to end. Are you going to yeah. save it or not? Yeah. It's the size of Texas. Don't give them the exact how big it is. It's just the size of Texas. <laughs> Joel wants more science, but call yeah. him the chief guy. <laughs> he's just like, yo, so, it's Texas. Okay. He's the chief NASA guy. Yeah, he's the chief NASA guy. President of NASA. Yo, Mr. Chief. So let's back yo, it up. Mr. Hey, Chief, let's get the Mr. Dalton. Let's back it up. Let's Mr. Dalton. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit. Let's let's dive into the plot a little bit for the listeners out there who don't who aren't familiar, kind of like Kyle, who aren't really who aren't really familiar What's with like this it? movie. I, I'd love to hear what this is about. Can we start with the title of the movie, which is the first explosion that we see, as Paul yeah. pointed out? Armageddon uh, is the title of the movie. What else the do you graphic, want from me? The graphic comes it on is, the screen and instantly explodes. It's an incredible explosion. Yes, yeah. and you have Charlton Heston's voice. Yep. But I'm gonna try to do a, a, a quicker plot overview. Um, than we've done in the past with picking every single scene apart. Uh, Like we've discussed, it's a long movie, but in the beginning we learn that a massive meteor shower destroys the orbiting space shuttle Atlantis. 
before entering the atmosphere and bombarding New York City. There's a great scene in New York yeah, City. Great Eddie Griffin scene. Yeah. And hanging with Mr. Cooper yeah. and the uh, dean of admissions from uh, Yep from How High. <laughs> NASA discovers that a Texas-sized asteroid will impact Earth in 18 days, causing an extinction-level event that will wipe out all life on the planet. Called a global yep. killer. That's right. He uses the words global killer, yeah, which think, is yeah, solid. Yeah. Not even bacteria will survive. So NASA scientists plan to drill a shaft into the asteroid and plant a nuclear weapon into it Been that there. when detonated <laughs> would split the asteroid into two halves that will fly safely past the Earth. And I love when they're setting this up and you see the like early computer screen yeah. diagrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I thought was funny because the president is like, how did we not know about this earlier? And they're like, our budget's a million dollars, yet they have like everything you could possibly need like yeah. everywhere. There's like, they're creating little CGI graphics. Yeah. They like have automatic blinds. Like yeah. they have like everything. They create like, like 3D printed like, models. We're only going to throw you like a, a mill for yeah. the like, the defense system. Yeah. It's not the budget. It's whoever's allocating the funds. <laughs> Did you guys want automatic blinds in here? This would be really sick. I noticed the blinds. This is where it's sick. Yeah. You just, like, like, hit a button. And the it blinds. Would... Should, we be, should we be scanning space for, like, yeah. global killers? That now was, these blinds are that sick. space. It's chilling, dude. Nothing yeah, happens. It's a That was in the chief NASA guy's office, right? Yeah. Joel, yeah, the yeah. chief guy? Yeah, Billy Bob was like the chief guy in charge of this. <laughs> so, the chief guy and NASA contact Harry Stamper, played by Bruce Willis, considered the best deep sea oil driller in the world for but, assistance. But he needs his nation of drillers to come to his aid as well. We're introduced to AJ, Ben Affleck's character. Um, Heartthrob. And uh, Harry, Harry's daughter. Uh, played by Liv Tyler and their relationship, we get to see Bruce Willis running around an oil rig with a shotgun, which That's is a cool great. Scene. Yeah, uh, because Ben Affleck is with his daughter in bed. That's right. We learn their relationship is a lot of plow town and a lot of chow town. <laughs> yeah. Pew pew. <laughs> um, so when Harry's uh, contacted by NASA, <laughs> he gets to Houston with his daughter Grace, Liv Tyler. Where they learn about the asteroid, and Harry Don't agrees. Close my eyes. Where, later. And Harry uh, agrees to participate in the mission, but explains he will need his team, yep, his yep, driller nation, nation, along for the ride. He says, if so, I'm gonna do this, so, I'm gonna do it right. I need my boys. Magic, he brings stuff. them all in. <laughs> so he brings in his entire team. And so there's a cool montage where NASA is like trying to track down mm -hmm. all the different guys. Buscemi's in a bar. Michael Clark Duncan's like. Riding his motorcycle. Yeah, clearly my favorite. That's like my favorite. The Michael scene, Clark yeah. Duncan one is the best. Yeah, his for line, sure. like the he's best. the FBI is chasing him, and his line is like, "You won't take away my Beretta." Like it's just <laughs> come insane. get Papa Bear. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, he's like runs. They're like, evading the, the police. Love it. Yeah. He's got like an American flag yeah. bandana yeah. on. Just clearly, he's done bad enough things that he's like, "I'm not stopping for the cops." You know? every, like, I would just be like, "What do you want?" I'm at every opportunity, as this group is forming, like. Basically, what they're trying to say is like these guys are not fit for this yeah, job. Yeah, they're pretty shitty. And people. they figure out every way to like tell that story. They use the term "roughneck" several times. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like these guys should not do. Like when they do yeah. the physical test thing, when they finally get them all at NASA, and again, Michael Clark Duncan stands up because like he decides at some point during no, the physical they were like, test. You, you've got 
Well, because they're telling him how terrible his cholesterol is and like how unfit how he is to be unhealthy an astronaut. He is. Yeah. But so he just like stands up and like rips Which off. turns out to be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I says, mean, he's one of the guys that survives. He stands up and he's like, "Does this look like I'm not fit?" And he's all flexing in his like leopard <laughs> underwear. And A really good movie for montages. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's up there. Definitely compresses the time. Oh, they actually do a great job, I think, of compressing the time. Like, you guys can talk all you want about how the movie's too long, but uh, I think they do a great... When they're doing the jet uh, pilot scene, where right, they want right, to take right. the where guys up, up zero G, they yeah. go up and they're like, we're going to like introduce you to what it, feel, what it might feel like when you're out there. Um, the way that they introduce the scene is like the speech that's being given at the same time that you're seeing the clips of it actually happen, like they condense that yeah. down where it could have been twice as long. And it makes it look like a lot of fun, like all of the testing that they so have So what you're do. saying yeah. is the editing was tight and there was no fat Just, to cut. There was <laughs> nothing you could remove. That could have been twice as long. I feel like I learned a lot about NASA through this movie Seriously, as a kid. Dude. No, as a kid. Like it's like I thought that was like the training, right? You're like, yeah. you go wait, up and like Air Force 50, One. <laughs> Right, Usually, like you know, they're doing these tests, and then I'm like underwater. I'm like, that's NASA. So, like, well, they have cool. twelve days. I didn't like to... Apollo thirteen. All those good ones. No, it's just Armageddon. That's yeah. how I learned about NASA. And they only have twelve days. So, like, what we're getting to watch is like the again condensed version of like what it would be like to actually train for a mission. I'm sure everything that they do yeah. is 100 percent completely accurate for to sure. NASA protocol. For sure, they, they um, did their research. We get to meet the uh, armadillos that they're gonna use. Which is like a cool piece of technology um, like, in the movie. Like the cars they're gonna drive, it's like the, the rovers, on the asteroid when they're flying <clears throat> up to go try to destroy it from the inside. Yeah, and up until this point, NASA's pretty much developing this plan in secret, like nobody in the world knows. But uh, a piece of the asteroid wipes out a part of Shanghai, and then all of a sudden, this thing becomes public, and now their ragtag team is like under scrutiny in the press. Which, like, how is it not made public when it, like, destroyed New York? Once it gets to a certain area, like, there's only ten telescopes that can actually see this thing, and then it's public, and we own eight of them. So we're hoping that those two don't make it public. Um, so we get the team together, um, and after about 45 minutes of, like, just a lot of training. Four to five minutes. That and was <laughs> I wish. a lot of Aerosmith, and we got... AJ and Grace are falling in love. A couple plot lines developing. And they they only have 12 days to train, by the way, before they have to go up and right. do this thing. NASA um, launches two space shuttles. They're called Freedom and Independence that are You're our beloved characters. right they are. <laughs> They're split into two teams, and they have professional astronauts that are driving the two. Uh, and semi-professional astronauts. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're pairing these guys up. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good dynamic forming, and uh, we get through the launch. Everything's looking good, and the first leg of the mission is to refuel at the International Space Station where we meet one of like the best uh, characters in the film. Yeah. Um, I think he's the Russian. The Russian guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. It's sense that he's Russian. It's so I don't know where you're talking that it's up like, from. It's just like, welcome, come aboard. We have vodka. Yes, potato. Yeah. So right before they're leaving um, to to go up uh, into space, they have like a very nice little uh, Aerosmith mon- concert. montage where they're uh, you know wa- walking to minutes. the space shuttles, and they're all coming together, and Ben Affleck just has, you know, a heart 
heartwarming moment with live Tyler. So kiss me and smile for me. Let me know you wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> I don't know when I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. Do you have a devastating hunger? Do you crave a meal that will have a major impact? Do you have an appetite the size of Texas? We need to head over to Parmageddon. At Parmageddon, they're cranking out seven different kinds of parm. We're talking chicken parm, veal parm, eggplant parm, New Orleans hot stuffed parm, Moose Knuckle Parm, Worcestershire Parm, and good old-fashioned Parmesan cheese. And at Parmageddon, they're drilling down their prices to apocalyptic levels. These prices are so low, you'll leave saying, wow. So head on over to Parmageddon, mention 5GFA, and get a free side of animal crackers with a purchase of $69 or more. So we're at the International Space Station. We meet the Russian dude. He's there What's to help him out. like Lev? Skinny. Uh, mm, there you go. I don't know either. Sounds like you've seen it a thousand times, you yeah. lying I piece just, of shit. Not that familiar with Russian names. <laughs> Honestly, they don't stick in my head. Like, the point is that he's the Russian dude. <laughs> That's It's a perfect movie for you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Listen. My racist. Yeah. Are you doing the plot rundown or am I? Because if you want to do the plot rundown, oh, I will happily... Oh, get... No. So, we're at the space station, and Russian dude decides... That he wants AJ, this guy who just, like, two weeks ago was drilling oil in the middle of the ocean to uh, man the fuel gauge in this fuel transfer that they need. They need to refuel before they do the, uh, the rest of the mission. And, uh, Which, by the way, there's, everything goes wrong. There's Rus one Russian astronaut up there. In this time, they couldn't have sent a couple backups there to help in case something went wrong. No, I think that's pretty standard. A team, dude. Well, because they, because like the more people you send up there, the more supplies you need in the space station uh, in order for them to live in there. In the so world, they want as like few people up there as possible. Yeah, that makes sense because the world's ending, so they shouldn't send more supplies and more people up there. They that should just put more it all fuel, on more money. No, totally. Just because the Look, world's oh, ending. Oh, money! Yeah, the world's ending. Resources. Save your money. <laughs> Keep well, going. They don't have time to like send up a whole Russian support team. Like the guy's living there right now. That is that is he, an issue where it's like he's the gas station. The world's ending. The whole world was like the U.S. has got this. We we see the U.S. have a conversation, which is like, we're gonna nuke the shit out of this thing, and they're like, no, don't do that. I won't do anything. You have the firecracker like, explanation. Yeah, the fire, right. Yeah, that conversation didn't happen at every single country that has nukes. Like, why didn't China just go, let's fucking nuke this thing? Like, Russia, yeah, they totally let's could nuke have. this thing. Yeah. Like, what if we're doing all this, we go up there and also just... Nobody, all nobody they has the do... firepower that a USA <laughs> does. <laughs> we're in space, okay? We get to the space station. We're trying to refuel. Everything goes wrong. Space station blows up. They uh, are able to escape barely, barely, right? In fact, there's plenty of people on the team who are like, leave AJ behind. Like, AJ and the Russian also dude... Also the name of a play I'm writing. Leave AJ behind. Yeah. Are, are left to dead if it's not for Michael Clark Duncan and I think Steve Buscemi who pulled the hatch open at the last second and, yeah, uh, right. and save them. So they end up blowing up the No, I think it's Owen space. Wilson because they all get in the same space shuttle. You're right. Not that it matters. You're right. Buscemi's in the other one. Uh, it, 
they uh, it kind of does. They blow up the entire sp- international oh, space station, and now they have a cosmonaut like on board with yeah. them. And, uh, but it's a really cool scene when the space shuttle takes off and does this really cool corkscrew maneuver corkscrew, to yeah. get away from the explosion. Right. Uh, yeah. The explosion in space. So which a couple you, things going on which there. Which you question, yeah. which I don't see a problem there. I mean, so how does dude, it, how it does peels out like a, like a fighter pilot. Yeah. yeah. It's just like. <laughs> I mean, you guys seen Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. So the maneuver is after they've refueled to use lunar gravity in order to slingshot around the moon at the same time that the asteroid passes the moon. And if you can't see my hands, I'm laying this out like very well visually. Yeah, we told you you didn't need to bring the, the, ast- the sticks, but, but <laughs> Matt offered yeah. to pay $1,000 yeah. to get yeah. the, the space shuttle sticks. The space shuttle sticks are so good when Chief NASA guy, as Joel called them, is like laying out the plan. And he's he, like a little puppet show. And he even makes a comment like, please don't laugh. I know it's not to scale. Like, who is going to laugh? But Pollard was doing that right now. That's oh, it's great. so good. So I, it's, Honestly, I would have laughed if that's not to scale. <laughs> that's not like, how that's big not the it point. is. We don't have time for scale. Look at how big that stick is. I'd be like, I shouldn't be here. So 60 hours after they blow up like a multi-billion dollar international space station, they slingshot around the the moon, excuse me, and they uh, come up from behind, which is Aaron's really go-to move. They come up from behind on the asteroid. Only when they're not expecting me. And, and And they're fighting this crazy sci-fi space debris, it's obstacles. Like Owen Wilson describes it as worst oh. possible place to manage. What's it going to be like up there? 200 degrees in sunlight, minus 200 in the shade, canyons of razor-sharp rock, unpredictable gravitational conditions, unexpected eruptions, things like that. Okay, so the scariest environment imaginable. Thanks. That's all you got to say, scariest environment imaginable. The worst place to match. Yeah, yeah. Worst, worst place to match. Wow. That's all you gotta say. Wow. 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 That's all you gotta say. My brother's in old school. So, <laughs> he, so I thought that was weird that he mentioned that in this yeah. movie. So he mentioned Kyle, it a lot. Old school so, didn't even come so out. So they're yeah. on the way to the asteroid, and then as they get closer, they see that there's a lot of like debris there, and they're trying to maneuver through it. And then and, bam, pow. And one of the ships of makes it through and ends up landing, but then the other one does not. Uh, does not. Crash it, landing. Sounds like. It. So Freedom lands safely, but misses the target area. Uh, Independence is punctured and crash lands completely. It's assumed <laughs> it's assumed that Ben Affleck and others die, um, and his right. love interest Never at the time assumed. believes that. But uh, he ends up. We, it's revealed that he doesn't, um, and he's able to meet up with them later. But the first team that lands somewhat safely begins drilling. Um, they're stuck in a wrong. Um, a, a, a right thicker place, crust. Time. Yeah, they're stuck on a thicker crust of compressed iron ferrite, and so their drill's breaking. It's not working. Sector eight or ben sector Affleck, nine. Right? Grid, grid nine. nine. Grid nine. That's. And so you have this great like collection of intense things <laughs> happening at the same time. So you have the plan failing, and you have the secondary protocol that's introduced by a the nuclear bomb. Right. I think Keith, da- Keith David is a part of that. Yeah, and that never trust a man with two first names. The secondary protocol when things start going south and Billy it looks like bomb. they might not make it is to just set off the bomb where it's at. 
which would kill everyone on the asteroid. Create even more debris. So you're fighting that like <laughs> plot device, <laughs> and you're also waiting for AJ to show up and save the day, and of course he does. It, he's able to save their, their initial plan, and they're sort of fighting the NASA's plot to uh, upset that initial plan. Because they're having problems, and so NASA, there's one uh, additional trained uh, professional astronaut guy that's still there, and NASA had told him kind of like back table, like, hey, like if they're not able to make this all work, like you got, you need to like sacrifice yourselves and you need to blow it up anyways, even if you guys can't like get out. And so they're fighting the like, Bruce Willis is like, no, like we can do this. Come on. Like we're almost there. And the other guy's like, get to the chopper. I don't don't know if we're going to make it. So like, I got to blow this up. And so they have a tense like standoff and, they're able to drill deep enough to put the nuke, um, but the remote trigger has been uh, compromised. Of course. Somebody's got to stay back. Both uh, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck fight over being... Everybody wants to fight. They're, yeah, they're over who's going to be the hero to save the day. They draw straws. AJ's got to do it. So now you have this father figure who's got to kill his would-be future son-in-law... Um, by letting him stay on the asteroid and detonate this thing right. um, because the remote trigger's broken. But he tricks him. The old switcheroo. He, he, he pulls off the old switcheroo. He pulls out like a Pew. like a tube on his suit. He could have suffocated we, and killed Ben Yeah, Affleck. he probably should have died yeah. as like a result. He pulled out his oxygen tube <laughs> and shoved him back into the elevator. Yeah, like, in, like man, he could have died. In real life, like you die instantly. But the movie makes it look like you just have like a little bit of time to. You just didn't want like, him to fight back. Nothing what? in Bruce Willis's history as a driller, like he should not know that he can just pull this hose off in space and like it'll be no, fine. No, but he had the week of astronaut training. <laughs> uh, yeah, true, true. Uh, Twelve yeah. days. Yeah, easy. all you need sorry, is sorry. Uh, one, day one day or one hour. One what hour. is it? <laughs> so Bruce Willis <laughs> ends up becoming our tragic hero and sacrificing himself for tragic. the fate he's of the a, world. He's a hero, hero. He is. Man's he's hero, buddy. But he dies. He's yes. a beautiful wow. bald man. He dies for the Spoiler fate alert. Kyle hasn't of seen the it. world. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Kyle. A- after after yeah. he has like a moment with his daughter, which yeah. is beautiful scene. a beautiful scene. Yeah. Great. And then everyone lands and everyone, uh, the world's yeah. AJ, AJ and uh, Liv Tyler get married. All of the other secondary plot lines are all tied up nicely. It's a happy ending. The world like saved, the, and we yeah. just had three hours of a lot of fun. I like the one guy who like has the estranged uh, wife and kid. And oh yeah, then, and then like they have they want nothing to do with him, and then at the end they come greet him at the uh, that at the salesman's tarmac. on TV. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. your dad. Will Patton. Will Patton. Will Patton is such a cool no. Dude. Right here. I, I love I love those oh. secondary plot lines because they're integral. If it's just the ones in the center, like. You don't get to see as much as what you could in humanity when something like that happens. At Before the end of the he leaves, he goes to his wife's house yeah. to see his kid one last time, and she so says, "So dramatic. Who, who's that, Daddy or Mommy?" Yeah. And he's, she's like, "That's the postman or yeah. the mailman or whatever." Yeah. And like, go inside, and then he's like a hero, and it's like, "We're here. We're right. back together. We're yeah. a family." Well, she, yeah. He's a yeah. crap. Like, like this is what we know. He's a gambling addict. He yeah. lives on an oil rig. He doesn't care about his family enough to be there. 
And then he's a hero, so it's like, oh yeah, that's your daddy. The kid wouldn't embrace him like that. Like, yeah. my, my dad saved the world. What does that mean to a kid? I, she's like denying the kid even a father. That's right. the postman. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, oh, you saved the world? You're on TV? Okay, cool. Come back in. We love you. Yeah. Come home. I'm just no, impressed that Kyle... Genuine. I thought it was genuine. I'm just impressed that Kyle like watched the whole scene of the movie. That sounded like pretty detailed. I fell asleep and I woke up and then I saw that part and it pissed me off. <laughs> We don't usually do this, but I'd like to take a moment to answer a fan phone call. Uh, Mike Hillary from Portland, Maine. You're on with five guys flicking around. Mike, go ahead. I haven't seen Armageddon. Like, I saw it once when I was maybe, like, 12. I have no memory of it outside of, like, there might have been some, like, like food crossover promo or something, like Taco Bell or something. Some some shit on it. Like, I don't, I don't remember anything. Like Bruce Willis and then the, the Aerosmith song. The Aerosmith song. I don't remember anything else. There you go. So you remember the Bruce Willis and Aerosmith? Was that your favorite part of the movie or what? Well, no, but like Ben Affleck was in it, right? And then so was Liv Tyler. And I always got confused because I thought Liv Tyler was like Steven Tyler's daughter, but I really actually don't think she is, or she is. I'm not really sure. I'm kind of confused about the whole thing. But yeah, I haven't seen the fucking movie in years. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, yeah, I can't help for anything, dude. Like, all I know is, like, Bruce Willis, like, falls on the grenade and, like, saves the world. But other than that, like, I can't remember anything. What's your favorite part of the pod? It's the worst part of the pod, but I do like how much you guys, or, or, like, what's the prices you pay for this DVD? Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. You guys started out with, like, oh, yeah, like, this is serious. And then all of a sudden now it's, like, Aaron would pay a hundred dollars for a uh, fucking roadhouse, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll do fifty for Little Giants." It's like, wait, wait, no, no. And look at you guys talk so much shit on all these movies, and then you're still like, "Oh, I'll pay five dollars for it." It's like, no, you fucking wouldn't. Like, no, you wouldn't. I, I mean, it, that's. But I, I enjoy that part because it's the prices don't make any sense. They're not relative to anything, and like. You guys don't remember what you priced other things at. And even though Kyle sometimes will try to be like, hey, man, but you value this DVD at this price. It's like you guys don't pay any fucking attention to it. And, like, Brandon, yeah, Brandon, he has prices all over the board. And it doesn't make any sense because he's seen the movie once. Like, well, yeah, was it Fear last week? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'll pay 10 bucks for whatever the fuck that was for. He's like, what? You, no, you wouldn't. For ten dollars, if somebody was like, "Oh, hey, you want to go see Fear? And it costs you ten dollars." Like, go fuck yourself. I'm not gonna pay fucking ten dollars to watch like Mark Wahlberg and some bullshit. Like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And also, Fear is like a fucked up movie. And like, how much you guys enjoyed it was also really fucked up because it's like that movie is so fucked. Uh, like, it makes me so uncomfortable because I was. Kyle asked me about it. He was like, oh, hey, have you watched Fear? And I keep getting Kate Fear and Fear mixed up, which I think is probably something a lot of people do. But Fear is like, it's predatory. It's about like, rape. oh, man, it's just like, it's like that weird 90s violence where it's like, God, this is like too real. Oh, it's just, yeah. How about for this? Uh, how much would you pay to see Armageddon? Nothing. I wouldn't pay anything or two. When somebody asked me, why would I pay to see Armageddon? Yeah. No, why would I want to own a DVD one is a question because it's like, I, I wouldn't fucking purchase Armageddon. I haven't seen it since the one time I saw it. Why would I ever fucking buy it? Well, I'm not angry. It's just, no, but it, it's not that, no, no, but I like the, that, like, I like that it doesn't make any sense. Everyone talks shit on Little Giant. I think that's fucked up. Like, Little Giant is funny. 
Thank okay. you, Mike. Okay. I love yeah, little Johnny. Hey, Mike. It's Pollard here. Um, oh, hey, Pollard. What would you want to recommend for our movie list for the pod? What kind of movies would I, you like to I, hear us I, talk about? I, I, Don't I, mention I, Legally I, Blonde. I want Legally Blonde. <laughs> no. Why? Gonna, Apparently that's off the table. It. You're not going to do it because you guys are a bunch of pussies. And so, like... Okay, give us another blonde. suggestion. Dude, what about, what about uh, Welcome okay. to Mooseport? I feel like, yeah, Welcome to Mooseport is a good one. <laughs> if you could say one thing to our fans, what would it be? Aaron told me who the five or the four fans are. Me, Matt, and his parents. Hey, my mom listens. <laughs> Just, 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 just like mind you, I love it. I, 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 I told Kyle like I listen to it every single week. What? I think it's fun because I mean, just for me, it's just like oh, I get to hang out with the dudes. Yeah. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you joining us today. Is there anything that you would like to say to us before we let you go? Yeah, time doesn't exist. You, uh, you have yourself a good night. Thanks for calling in, man. Oh, hey, anytime, guys. Hey, I love the pod. Uh, big fan. Um, hope you guys the best and. Uh, if you've ever wanted to become an astronaut, but never wanted to learn all that science nonsense, the Russian Astronaut Program may just be for you. At the Russian Astronaut Program, we rush you through the years of boring aeronautical and astrophysical bullshit you typically have to go through to get to space in just one week. That's right, one week. We transform you from a poorly endowed alpha driller into a total space cadet. So head on over to www.5gfa.cum backslash Russian spy one week and enter a chance to win a reduced price enrollment into the Russian astronaut program today. So what are you waiting for? Rush in today and rush out an astronaut. Also, don't forget to keep listening to the 5GFA podcast uploaded usually sometime around the weekend. All right, let's get into categories. Let's start with best scene I saw. Matt, best scene you saw. Okay, best scene I saw, I wrote this down, was when AJ and Live Tiller were in, like, the uh, jet, um, gosh, I don't know, in the jet, I guess, like, in the jet. It's in, like, the wheel, like, a hollowed Thank out you. wheel yeah. or something. And he, like, asks her to marry him. Oh, right. Honestly, best scene I saw just because it was, like, they for sure have, like, a nice accommodations. And he's just like, let's just, like, do this here right now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. that was probably the most epic bone you paid 70 of all grand time. to put you in a Motel 6, yeah. so I get it. You're going to do accommodations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I would love to know where they were staying. I'm sure it was nice. Anyways, you guys like the Airbnb? Um, I, just, I just think it was like a baller move. He's like in the jet. He drops the ring. It's like a really small ring, which is like, you know, he's just like, it's I nice. just love you. I don't talk about the ring. It's nice. And uh, she was eating it up, and I feel like that was a really cool moment. Kyle, best scene you saw? Um, <laughs> again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't see a lot of this movie, but the oh best scene I saw, it was, I don't even know the context of it, but okay. Steve Buscemi is sitting in the, the space shuttle, and he, like, says something, and just automatic glasses come down on yeah. his face, yeah. and the they're so tiny. tiny. <laughs> and it's just, like, a weird space yeah. flex on We Buscemi. joked about Michael Bay being like, <laughs> we need tinier glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These glasses are entirely too large. Yeah, it was like a two-second scene, but yeah. it was my favorite. Yeah. It was like, wow. It's great. <laughs> uh, best scene I saw was definitely the montage of getting all the guys together. Uh, it, you know, you guys have to do this, and they say, all right, they'll do it. And then uh, Bruce Willis is like, but they've got a couple requests, though. They'll do it. 
They've made a few requests, though. Such as? Yes. So a few things here. Uh, nothing really big. Uh, just, well, I mean, as an example, uh, uh, Oscar here has got some outstanding parking tickets. Uh, wants them wiped off his record. 56 tickets in seven states. I'll, I'll tell him, Oscar. I got it. Okay. Uh, Noonan's got two women friends that he'd like to see made American citizens, no questions asked. Max would like you to bring back eight-track tapes. Not sure if that's gonna work, but uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chick wants a full week's Emperor's package at Caesar's Palace. Uh, hey, you guys wouldn't be able to tell us who actually killed Kennedy, would you? Um, Bear would like to stay at the White Horse. Thing. White House. White House. White House. Yeah, he'd like to stay in the Lincoln bedroom of the White House for the summer. Stuff like that. Sure, I think we can uh, take care of some of that. Harry. Yeah, one more thing. Um, none of them want to pay taxes again, ever. The best scene that I saw is also the entire training montage. I think it pulls in all of the characters in a really beautiful way. Um, the physical tests that they're put through, the psychological interrogation is really good stuff. Yeah, the Rorschach test that they do. Yeah. That part's great. The jet one training. Breasts. One with medium breasts. The Oops. jet training stuff. I love like the armadillo rover introduction scene. Just all of the training, because like we've talked about already, like this ragtag group is not the uh, group of people that you think you would pick for this. And so throwing them into like the most intense NASA training is just really fun. And um, do you think they yeah. call it armadillo because the movie is Armageddon? Uh, I'll go to best scene I saw. I actually just really like the uh, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck switcheroo at the end. I thought it was like super as much as stupid as the movie is. And like as much as like the, everything in the movie doesn't make sense. Stupid. It's just a nice, Oh, you can admit it, Steve. Like, there's no, not a lot that makes sense. No, you cannot admit it. No, right, 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 right. piece of this movie is stupid. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So as much of the movie that is not as, like, scientifically well thought out, that was, like, a scene with, like, a little bit of heart. And, like, I got to admit, wow, like, it still got to me a little bit. You know, I've seen that scene before, but, like, watching it again, I was just like, oh, that's, they set it like, up what a well. sweet moment. They set it yeah. up well because, like, in the beginning, it's obvious that Ben Affleck's character should not be trusted in intense drilling situations but uh, Bruce Willis rises to the occasion to trust him and then believe him, believe in him and trust him enough to, like, take care of his daughter yeah. as he sacrifices his life. Like, doesn't get any more real than that. Goosebumps. Yeah, I true. actually really like that scene. And uh, I'm still not convinced, though, a little bit on the whole, like, I always thought of you as a son. Like, he treats him pretty shitty the whole movie. There's not a but whole, like, is, yeah, you're my kid. He, lit Tyler very he shitty, literally, so that's like, all he he literally shoots him yeah. in the leg with a shotgun at one point. Yep. The best scene I saw was all the boys on the oil rig uh, oh, drilling. Let's move on to how do you do that? Should we call Mike? First? Brandon, what do you got for how do you do that? How do you do that? Mine's pretty uneventful. Just the entire movie. Uh, none of it makes sense. Like, how did anyone, like... First of all, the initial <laughs> meteor shower, like a, 
a individual gets hit with a meteor and like none of the surrounding area around him is damaged at all. Yeah, My how do you do that is that I don't have a how do you do that wow. because this movie is perfect. How so they make a perfect movie? So it's basically <laughs> the opposite of what Brandon said because I think everything works on a level that is entertaining and fun and enjoyable and 100% scientifically believable. My how do you do that is there is no how do you do that because it's perfect. My how do you do that is um, kind of how did they just become astronauts in two weeks? Like, there's so much training you have to do to be they able. They showed it all. Yeah. <laughs> there was a musical montage. Hour. We listened uh, to Aerosmith like behind but, it. But also, like a lot of the science and how the like drilling, like on the asteroid in outer space, and all that, how that would work was really, really tough for me to grasp. And um, it was I guess the firework. it was tough for NASA to grasp because they used to show this movie to new people. When they uh, joined NASA and it, on one of their first days, they'd be like, hey, watch this movie and like write down as many things you see in the movie that are like incorrect. Is this that, like, and that's Pollard work. who gave that Wait, test. And if it, they wrote anything, he was like, you're fired. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. out. You this movie's perfect. Yeah, I looked this up. I looked this up. And apparently there's like over 150 different like things. That, like actually it wouldn't work. Only 150 in right. two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, how do you do that is how did Steve Buscemi's glasses go down in just perfect fashion? <laughs> this is the one was, scene Kyle saw in the movie. He was there and they just fall this is, down. This is his favorite scene he saw. This is the, how did he do that? This is what every category. This is takes his, the his glasses are too small. It completely yeah. takes We'll get the there. We'll get there. Those not How did he get like, so accurate with a shotgun. Like, he's clearly not trying to hit Ben Affleck, but he's got a shotgun. It spreads. Have you seen Mick Sullivan? That's true. Okay, <laughs> point proven. I'm done with that one. Uh, next one. How did Billy Bob get, like, a secret dedicated, like, frequency to Who's the guy? Billy Bob? Oh, Orton. NASA chief. NASA chief. Okay, NASA. The, like, the chairman the, of NASA. Like, NASA chief guy chief of the guy. space yeah. people or That's whatever. Right. Yeah, he got, like, a special little frequency to, like, hey, like, dis dismantle the bomb, like, override the system. And it's like, everyone's listening. They were like, yeah. there's no way he has a secret the frequency. The president's in for, on like, this. Like, yeah, like, yeah. They brought, like, 20 soldiers in there to, like, just end this. You it's mean like, Boy Scouts? Yeah. He's like, hey, can you hear me, Jim? Like, override it. And yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, no. His relationship with Bruce Willis had become so strong so fast mm -hmm. that he put his entire faith in him and for the fate of the entire world with a guy that he met, like, two weeks before. Yeah. That's all he's got. He's Liv Tyler's new dad, so it's yeah. a big moment. It's true. My how do you do that? How did they not get them into space like one day earlier? You know, time is of the essence, and it felt like there's a lot of training when there shouldn't have been. Should have been like a, here's what you need to know. You guys are skilled. We don't need to do physical testing. We don't need to do yeah. psychological testing. Let's just get you guys into space to save the planet. Right. Like, go, go, let's go. not cut it close. Let's send it one day, one day earlier and like get ahead of this. Let's move on to that had to hurt. Matt, that had to hurt. Okay, that had to hurt the the daughter, just like giving it to Harry in that first scene. Like they're literally walking the whole oil rig, and she's just like, "You're never there for me. You were terrible." She calls him Harry. She calls him Harry. I was just like, "Dude, she just went in." Mom left us. She went in. If you rewatch it, it's like, she calls him a nine-year-old. Yeah. Kyle, that had to hurt. It was the Steve Buscemi glasses coming down on the bridge of his nose. That had to hurt. Oh my gosh. All right. Joel, that had to hurt. Uh, mine was along the lines of Matt uh, with the daughter in the beginning when he walks in and finds Liv Tyler in bed with Ben Affleck. Like, 
shouldn't he have known what was going on? Like, it's an oil rig. It's, like, pretty obvious when people come in and out onto the rig, you know? Like, yeah, a lot of drilling gets it, done it's, there. It's not, not a lot of sneaking around they there. They were dating for know? months, she explained. Yeah. And they were in know. love. So that had to hurt that he doesn't know, like, what's going on, and she's with Ben Affleck. And My that had to hurt is the feeling that the pilot, played by William Fitchner, when Steve Buscemi gives him the, like, grid nine speech. Right. About the iron ferrite. Like, this guy has been involved in NASA and training him for probably over a decade. And this is the biggest mission of his life. And he's just piloted, like, this lunar slingshot maneuver to get them onto this thing that's going to end the world. And, like, mm-hmm. he missed the mark by a little bit. And Steve Buscemi just rips through him, like, you just landed us on this iron ferrite, you bozo. Captain America here blew the landing by 26 miles. How the hell do you know that? Because I'm a genius. He landed 23 miles away, which, or 26, but it's the size of Texas. It's the size of Texas. (laughs) That's that's minor. That's pretty close. My that had to hurt is uh, the very beginning. No, when Eddie Griffin is walking his dog and he's getting in an argument with that guy and he's like, man, I hope you just like fall out of the sky or like, I hope you die or something. And then the meteor comes and strikes him down and liquefies him and makes that perfect hole in the ground. Yeah. That had to hurt. That did. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. Billy Bob Thornton, chief NASA guy, 100,000%. I feel like the him getting the patch thing is just so moving to me. Um, He has a conversation with Bruce Willis earlier on about never having the opportunity to be in space. And he really wants that mission patch on his arm. And he says, like, I would be there right next to you if I could. But he's got the issue with his legs. His legs, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Bruce Willis, after sacrificing himself to save the entire world, makes sure that he gets his mission patch and sends it home with Ben Affleck. Which, like, also cutting the time close, he should have just not done the patch thing. Agree. Right. Probably would have, like, he didn't need to do that. He's he's a sentimental guy. But all this to say, like, Billy Bob's emotional journey is the strongest for me. Like, it outweighs Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler's love story. Uh, It's stronger than, like, the But it's the perfect love story. I love the Will Patton like stuff will Patton is a stud but but billy bob thornton's life has been so incredibly impacted by calling the shots on this mission that saved the entire world that he's keeping in touch with everyone and organizing not only a reunion but like a reoccurring annual get together uh i'm gonna go with Liv tyler i think uh ben affleck is really emotionally scarred by this traumatic experience where he he was you know, chosen to go back home and take care of this woman. And I think the whole gang is, like, celebrated as heroes. But ultimately, I don't think they're, like, keeping in touch. And then I think Liv Tyler is like, you know what? I think you just need to see your friends again. And gets all of the gang back together when, uh, you know, the the glasses from Steve Buscemi (laughs) come down on his face. It's definitely Steve Buscemi. It's got to be. Who else is going to do it? He wants to relive that moment in space when the glasses... He doesn't have to worry about anything. The glasses are coming down without him touching them. The glasses, in the script it says, comically large glasses fall under Steve Buscemi's nose. And so they clearly did several takes and like decided, no, we need, we need to go smaller with the glasses. I need smaller glasses, smaller glasses. Bring them down. Tinier, tinier, tinier. Have him hit his nose That's just how harder. Michael Bay uh, runs a movie, and it's just pretty indicative of how Less, he operates. Less is more with Michael Bay. <laughs> Who organizes the reunion? I think Michael Clark Duncan organizes the reunion. 
He seems I got like bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> Why? What happened to MCD? It's okay. It's okay. Why? No, they're gonna. I think he's like, gonna get them together. I promise. Twenty years later, it's 2018. Michael Clark Duncan's like, let's get the boys back together. Steve Buscemi wants to do it, but he's burned through all his money. He's living in like an apartment because he's just doing his own. His own shit. Yeah, the loan shark has to come after right. him. Right. Michael Clark Duncan right. has kept his money tucked away. He's been responsible with it. And he has, like, a pretty sweet compound in the Dakotas, like, as we saw him on his motorcycle uh, scene. When a ruthless crime lord returns to New Orleans after 20 years, everyone is on an amber alert. The city needs saving, and there's only one man who can do it. McSullivan isn't the best option, but he's the only option. As long as he can keep his booze in his flask and his dick in his pants. With the clock ticking, will he shake off the rust in time? Will he be able to make enough egg salad sandwiches? Will he put his promising saxophone career on hold? Crime picked the wrong day to heat up in this erotic action thriller, with the soundtrack including songs from 311, Sister Hazel, Marcy Playground, New Radicals, Sugar Ray, Counting Crows, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Delamitri, Deep Blue Something, Spin Doctors, Rob Thomas featuring Santana, Tonic, Tall Bachman, and Melissa Etheridge. From the guys that brought you Memphis Walkers, Gone Boys, Three Gay Brothers and Do Better Vivian. ADW presents Mick Sullivan. And let's move on to the Clutch Award. Brandon, Clutch Award. Clutch Award, I'm going with America. Because again, yes, the I world is it. about to end. It's about to get destroyed by this giant meteor. And uh, USA. the media. USA. The, uh, USA. 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 Um, so. The world's about to end. There's a giant asteroid coming to end the entire life as we know it on Earth. And the U.S. is the only one that steps up to uh, rise to the occasion. Right. And take this, uh, take this fight head on. So I'm going to go the U.S. America is the Clutch Award recipient. My Clutch Award goes to the guy who runs into the meeting when Billy Bob Thornton's on the uh, phone with the president. And he's just informed the president of the meteor and like, it's a global killer. We're all going to die. And this guy runs into the meeting, and he's all frantic and yells. And he's got his clipboard in his hand, and he slams the clipboard down, and he says, we have 18 days. Without that calculation, none of the rest of the movie matters, and we all die. That guy crunched the numbers on an asteroid the size of Texas coming straight for the yeah. planet a gajillion miles away. That calculation is used later, down to the second when the bomb explodes. Dude, like their entire NASA. plan it's is, NASA. is built off of this guy's number crunching. He's clutch. Is he vegetable lasagna? No, my clutch award be- is vegetable lasagna uh, from Seinfeld. Um, if you're a fan and you know who vegetable lasagna is, you recognize him in the movie. That is vegetable lasagna, and he's my clutch award. So. Kyle, what do you got for Clutch Award? My Clutch Award is uh, the engineer who designed the glasses <laughs> drop down on Steve Buscemi. That doesn't count. Because without the glasses, <laughs> he might not see accurately, and then the whole mission goes to shit. My Clutch Award, I talked about this guy already. He's the sweaty nerd who overrides the nuke, right? Like, he's the guy who gives him, like, two extra minutes to dismantle the bomb. Oh, with, right, like, right, right. Two Very seconds good. left. He does a lot with a little like, left clutch. If that guy did not do that, the whole movie ends and they blow up. Oh, good call. I changed my clutch word to Matt's. Let's move on to quotes. Kyle, what do you got for quotes? Uh, So in between naps, I heard this one line that I really liked, and it was, I think, I don't don't know who says it. You'll have to clue me in. But it was, I want to name her Dottie after my wife. 
She's a vicious, life-sucking bitch from which there's no yeah, escape. Yeah. It's the Owen Wilson, like, you already talked about her, Brandon, the, like, scariest environment imaginable. But okay, so the scariest environment imaginable. Thanks. That's all you gotta say. Scariest environment imaginable. Joel, quotes. So mine is also an Owen Wilson quote, and it's, uh... All right, Pollard, quote. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, when they're going up on the uh, space shuttle first to go refuel and when they first get into space Owen Wilson says uh, wow we're just in the beginning part of space we're not even in outer wow. space yet <laughs> that, you can do a better wow than that wow I gotta he say he doesn't say wow Owen Wilson for being young in this movie it looks like he's 45 years old with his like slick back hair I don't think he's ever not yeah. like he's 45 like he old. looks younger in Wedding Crashers than he does in this movie yeah. for my quotes I, I'm going towards Steve Buscemi and like in the scene where they're uh, they're training with the armadillos and like Michael oh, Clark Duncan and Steve Buscemi are kind of like screwing around and like not paying attention. So we have these new generation suits <laughs> with directional accelerant thrusters. You won't bounce like Neil Armstrong. Bear. Yes. Do we have a problem? No. Because I'm trying to describe to you how these DATs keep your ass on the ground, so that if I were to kick you in the balls mm. and you don't know how to work them, what happens to you? I'd float away. Yeah. And uh, when do we start training for that? Brandon, what do you got? The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? Mm. Classic. You're, you're into it. You're in at yeah. that point. You're like, I'm not and saying no. And if anyone else says the line, it doesn't work. Doesn't yeah. Work, yeah. The United States government just asked us to save the world. <laughs> Anybody want Actually, to say Actually, that, that also works. Really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Let's move on to what takes me out of the movie. Joel, what Buffalo takes Bill. you out of the movie? Okay, so what takes me out of the movie is uh, right before they go up to space, they give the guys in training uh, kind of a night off to blow off some steam and relax before this you know big stressful thing they're going to do to save the world. And they go to a strip club and they're spending a bunch of money and they're just like having a good time and what takes me out of the movie is uh how are they not supervised you know like these guys are tasked with saving the world you just spent all this time resources like training them and getting them ready like what if one of them like got drunk and, feels like, like they should be sequestered well, yeah went to yeah. the hospital like i understand yeah. you like maybe just take them to a steakhouse like have a meal and then like go yeah. home ryan what takes you out of the movie my what takes me out of the movie is absolutely nothing because this movie is perfect. Whoa. Nothing takes me out. Everything takes me into yeah. this movie. My what takes me out of the movie is just the lack of international support in this endeavor. Um, feels like the rest of the world would have chipped in in some capacity. Yeah, it's kind of like a laser fair. They yeah. prayed. Or globalization. We saw them. Know. They were praying. Like They were all praying. Um, so what takes me out of the movie? Um, I'm sitting on a seat. <laughs> There's seats out there. Depth, usually around 12 to 48 inches, depending on the chair. How did Steve Buscemi know how far to sit on it so that the glasses would fall right on his eyes? If he's three inches in front, that's hitting him in the back of the head. That's got to hurt. Pollard. So we're all agreeing. I want to say... For my McMulligan, change one thing to make the movie better is there's nothing to change because the movie's perfect. But I do have a McMulligan, and is that and it is that I would make this movie longer. I want to see like 15 more minutes of the training stuff. Like Jesus. I could, <laughs> I know it's long, but I could just keep going. I want more. So give me 15 more minutes of Aerosmith music, backed up by NASA guys training oil drillers how to be astronauts. All right. 
uh, for my McMulligan, I'm going to go ahead and cut an hour from the movie. <laughs> Check Shocker. out all the Shocker. training These montages. Guys. These guys, Damn. Damn. Ping pong uh, you know what I would love to see is how, how in the beginning... Bruce Willis is like, yeah, maybe these guys are good astronauts, but they don't know about drilling. I would just just scrap all the Bruce Willis, scrap that whole character, every single person in his uh, drilling nation, and like, let's see the guys that are astronauts and Boring. them training to be drillers. My McMulligan, uh, I didn't even think about this till right now, it just needs more Owen Wilson. My McMulligan was also what Matt said. It was hashtag save Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need Owen Wilson to be in the movie. Give him more lines, kill like Santa wow. Claus early, yep. and just yeah, keep him alive. Wow. Yeah, just wow. Yeah, when he first sees the space him? shuttle, wow. Like that line where he's like, I'm like 90% excited, 20% nervous, or maybe it's the opposite. Literally, like, the nice. other uh, astronaut, like spaceship or shuttle or whatever, like blows up, and the only person who dies is fucking Owen yeah. Wilson, and it's the only one I wanted to live. Right. My McMulligan is I would have recast Liv Tyler as Reese Witherspoon. Um, <laughs> moving what? on to SOS spinoff, origin, or sequel. Brandon, SOS. Okay, a sequel that's set in the future. Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler are honeymooning on Mars. <laughs> and they run into a very similar situation where a Texas Sidus asteroid is heading for Mars. Okay, so this they come great. up with like a very similar plan where it's like, okay, we blow the asteroid into two pieces and like one piece is going to go this way. But Just the two of them on Mars think that up? No, like the whole, <laughs> We've I done mean this like the before. whole crew, the whole okay, like Mars okay, crew. Okay. So one of the, they'll blow it up into two pieces. One of the pieces is going to go safely into space. The other one is going to head for Earth. Oh, so now it's you like have a dilemma. Exactly. So it's like double Armageddon on Earth and on Mars. Armageddon again. Armageddon again. on again. Armageddon on again. Exactly. <laughs> Armageddon again. <laughs> Let's move on to genre swap. Joel, what do you got? All right. So genre swap. I want to make this. So it's two and a half hours. So I'm going to bring it down to an hour and a half. I'm in. And, yeah, yeah, you guys are messing with the master. And, uh, it's going to be a rom-com, okay? And all the stuff about, like... Uh, so it's, like, six people with love interests? It, well, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. So it's basically the same story, but instead of the world is going to end from this, it's just going to be, like, one city. So let's say, like, it's New York, if, uh, if the asteroid comes down. So all the different crew members are going to have a love interest. And, and so hear me through this. So... All right, and all these guys are on an oil rig. So like, we lower the stakes off of Texas. So we lower the stakes. Well, because if it's too high of stakes, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work true, as a rom com. It's got to be more lighthearted. So it's like, oh, like just New York is gonna like go if uh, if the asteroid comes down. So, but she lives in New York, and so he's like takes the job because he wants to save New York because that's where she lives, and that's his way of kind of getting back with her. If uh, if the asteroid comes down, so. And then we find out it's Glenn Close, and it's like, wait, wow. were you going to be cast as my daughter? Let's move on to Blu-ray you. Price. <laughs> this category is how much would you pay, and under what circumstances would you watch this movie if it was the only time you could ever watch it again? Kyle, why don't you start? Um, honestly, 15 bucks for curiosity's sake. I just want to see what happens in it. Matt, what do you got? I don't have a lot of money left, so... (laughs) 
to be honest, I owe a lot of money. <laughs> Thanks again, Matt. We appreciate the donation. Oh, yeah, this place is sick. We're all getting tracksuits. Um, jeez, I loved it. So, no, no secret, I loved it. So, honestly, only way I could ever watch it again, I would love to watch this once every, like, 10 years, basically, or maybe 20 years is the last time I saw it. But, uh, like, somewhere between 50 to 80 bucks, somewhere in there. Woo! Joel, what do you got? Five bucks. That's it. Pollard? Okay. Pollard, what do you got? Some of us don't appreciate the finer things in life, <laughs> and that's okay. But I'm paying $250 for this Blu-ray. We got an Armageddon fan here. I told you it was top five all time. Would you pay $250 for one of your top five movies? But, okay, let's spin it. Let's move into the future. Let's do. You can okay. only watch this movie one more time the rest of your life. What price do you pay and when do you watch it? You can only see it once. There's no other viewing. You get one more shot at okay, it. Okay, so I'm probably paying like 750 to $800 to watch it. And I'm saving it for when my future daughter is about to marry a guy. And like I watch Mac it. Bailey. I watch it with him. Wow. Like... And it's like, you know, I'm Bruce Willis and he's AJ and like my daughters live Tyler. Yeah. And so it's like before the wedding, you know, like he's. It sounds like you just become senile and you're confusing fantasy with reality. No, no like that's cool. I like, like I, and then I, when, I dig it. when he like pulls the oxygen and like sends him to take care of his daughter, I just stop watching the film and I just start looking at this guy. That's sitting next to me. And so for the next it. 10 minutes, I'm just looking at him, like, nodding <laughs> approvingly, like, you're going to take my daughter. Like, one day I will die. I will die. I, for I trust you. I, would... I spent $750 on it. <laughs> so you better enjoy it, you piece of shit. <laughs> this is the only copy. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that answer. Brandon, Blu ray price. Like $299 to. Pay for the Blu-ray oh, to every season. Two hundred ninety-nine. That's even more no, than mine. Like Two dollars ninety-nine. Aaron, yeah, exactly. what do you think? Exactly. I would pay sixty-nine dollars. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis question. can totally can totally get it. Let's move on to would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Brandon, what do you got? So this works as a McSullivan vehicle if McSullivan takes over the Steve Buscemi character. So he's in the, the pivotal glasses scene. I'm in that. Um, so but, you know, he's like an oil I'm driller. On the table yeah, he's an oil driller, and he holds two doctorates. And That's, he's got his tiny glasses. So it's totally McSullivan. <laughs> he doesn't really use either of them effectively. Which is fine. Which is fine. He, it's, you know, he McSullivan own. wastes his talents, yeah. I think it's fair to right. say. They're there. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah but it's, that. you know, he, he doesn't take full advantage. So uh, he takes on the job of saving the world alongside Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. Meanwhile, his ulterior motive in this whole thing is uh, to have everyone else in the mission killed so that he can return home, take credit for saving the Earth, and with Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck dead, he can just take to plowing Liv Tyler. Oh. I love it. It's, see, it's a simple, simple take. Mac. It's a simple story, but I think it works. Yeah. As a it's honestly vehicle. a really small film. Yeah, exactly. It's like some indie film, like... Five thousand dollar budget. It's like a five hundred days of summer type thing yeah. where he's just obsessed yeah. with Liv Tyler and he tries to figure out what to do together. Special thanks to Mr. Matt Bailey. Thank you for your contribution financially and your podcast contribution. It was a real hoot, and uh, we'd love to have you back at some point. Also, thanks to longtime listener, first time caller Mike Hillary. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you aboard as well. 
You can check us out at fiveguysflickingaround at gmail.com. Please stop emailing us about knockaround guys. Uh, we will get to it. Um, we just don't know when. We're doing. We're, we're juggling around some dates, but uh, we'll try to get to it. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Five Guys Flicking Around. Download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. See ya. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing, I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. My peffle feather had a lovely little peffle feather. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? Uh, Go ahead. 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 Go Let's get together. You know, I'd rather be all three. Leaving all the jet planes. I don't know. 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 Favorite scenes, and now I love it. Is that even a question? That was perfect.